He's good and faithful. Amen. And we are witnesses to that. Praise God. Bear with me. Found out that my teeth treatment got extended three months. So I'm not free like I thought I was going to be. Amen. So bear with me on my need for water. Amen. As we um, minister. Praise God. Jeremiah chapter 1. We're going to go to verse 11, read two verses of scripture this morning. And then we're going to bring to you what the Lord has laid upon our hearts. How many got Jeremiah 1.11? Say a good amen. amen. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Jeremiah, what seest thou? And I said, I see a rod of an almond tree. Then said the Lord unto me, thou hast well seen, for I will hasten thy word to perform it. They're going to blast the shofars, and we want you to give the Lord a shout of praise. Amen. Come on for his word. Amen. Let's not get quiet. question, what do you see? Amen. What do you see? Praise God. The book of Jeremiah, praise the Lord. There's a lot in the book of Jeremiah, a lot of things that, uh, amen, we could address, but I just real quickly, needfully want to just uh, uh, take just a minute to let us kind of give a little background on Jeremiah. Amen. Uh, Jeremiah came from a priestly family. The name Jeremiah in the Hebrew, amen, means God will rise, amen. It means God will rise, amen. It signifies an elevation, amen. So uh, uh, his name means God will rise. Now, uh, I know sometimes when we, when we read the scriptures and we only see a name, uh, maybe once, uh, like, or, or a book, a man that's written by one of the prophets, or we see that, we think that that's the only person by that name, amen, but uh, uh, Jeremiah was a common name in Judah, amen, it was not an uncommon name, matter of fact, there were other people, amen, who were called Jesus, amen, in the scripture, just a different variant in the Hebrew language, but uh, Jeremiah was uh, raised in a priestly family in a godly home, amen, he uh, well, it was again a common name in Judah, but amen, how many knows that when God puts his hand on somebody, hallelujah, there is a setting apart, amen, uh, uh, Jeremiah became uh, known in the days of King Josiah, King Josiah was, amen, uh, relatively a good king, uh, Amen for Judah. He was one that was very zealous for reform. Understand that in the day, in the generation of Jeremiah, amen, that Judah was in a uh, not in a good place with the Lord, and there was a lot of uh, of uh, repentance and redemption and reformation and all of those good things that needed to take place. And Josiah was a king who was jealous or zealous for that reform. Uh, 
Also, we find that Jeremiah uh, served the Lord uh, through under Josiah's sons, Jehoiakim and Zedekiah. Amen. So he was uh, understanding. And my point being is that he wasn't just someone that came and went or was there for a little while. And, and although that uh, Jeremiah was raised in a godly home, Jeremiah had to have a personal encounter with God. How many knows that it doesn't matter whether or not uh, your mom was a Christian, your dad was a preacher, your dad was a pastor, your grandpa was an evangelist. It does not matter. Amen. You can be raised in a godly home, but you must have a personal encounter with the Lord. Come on, somebody. Do you understand me? Uh, you cannot live off of the pastor's experience. You cannot live off of the history of the church, but you must have a, a personal encounter encounter with the Lord. Amen. That's why the Bible says, Jeremiah said, the word of the Lord came to me. It came to me. Amen. Because uh, he had to have that personal encounter. Uh, now, when we see this, you can read the beginning of the chapter. I didn't want to read all of the verses of scripture. Amen. But at this time, Jeremiah was already somewhere between 17 and 20 years old. So he was a young man at this time. Amen. But God wanted him to know the call that went back even further from his youth. You see, God wanted Jeremiah to know that I didn't just decide to call you right now at this point in your life because it was Jeremiah, a man that we read and that's, that God spoke, a man that said you existed in the mind and plan of God before you existed in your mother's womb. A man, so Jeremiah was one that existed in God's mind and not only in God's mind but in God's plan, a man for humanity, praise God before he ever existed in his mother's womb. And we can apply that to ourselves. Each and every one that has been born can say the same thing of their creation. Before you were ever in your mother's womb, before you even existed in your mother's womb, before they even decided on thinking about what your name was going to be, you already existed in the mind of God and you already were part of his plan. Hallelujah. So everybody in this place under the sound of my voice, amen, God has a plan for your life. Hallelujah. And the way that you choose to follow, amen, will decide when and how that plan comes to pass. Touch a neighbor and say, you're in God's mind. Amen. He's got a plan for you. Praise God. Amen. See, uh, God was letting Jeremiah know that he could walk in his preordained destiny, uh, but it had to be by his own will. It had to be by his choice. So just because that he existed in the mind of God and God had great plans for him uh, does not mean that it was an automatic for Jeremiah to walk in that plan. That's why he made us all creatures of free will. But he was telling Jeremiah in this chapter, he was telling him that I knew you before 
You were ever in your mother's womb and I have a plan for your life and I know the expected end. But Jeremiah, I need you to get connected with this plan. Hallelujah. Touch your neighbor and say it's time to get connected. Hallelujah. It's time to get connected. And so here he is, 17 to 20 years old, a young man and God said, I have called you to be a prophet to Judah and a prophet to the nations. Hallelujah. I've called you, amen, to understand that Jeremiah was raised in a priestly home. So we understood somewhat the office of a prophet. He knew, amen, what a prophet was and what that meant. Hallelujah. Amen. But God said, hallelujah, praise the Lord that I have called you, Jeremiah, to be a prophet to Judah and to the nations. But Jeremiah responded to God, amen, and he said, I can't do that because of my youth. I am too young to, to do that. I don't have the experience. I don't have the background. My youth prohibits me from fulfilling this call. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something, young people. It doesn't matter your age. If the call of God is on your life, hallelujah, he's got a plan for you. And it doesn't matter if you think that you're too young for God to use you. Because God said to Jeremiah, he said, amen, don't say that I am but a youth. Don't say it. So if you don't say it, I don't want you to think it. Amen. I don't even want you to think in your mind that you cannot do this because you are a youth. I don't want you to say it. Hallelujah. See, praise God. It was true. Amen. That he was just a young man, but that was irrelevant. Hallelujah. Because God said, Jeremiah, you shall go. Hallelujah. You shall go. And now we are in the very last of the final hours of a man of the existence of this world. Hallelujah. And whatever time we've got left, God needs a people to step up, step in, step out, and walk it out. Hallelujah. Because there is a call on your life. So listen to me, young people. Whether you are five or you are 15 or you are 16 or 17, the enemy is going to make you think that you are insufficient. The enemy is going to convince you that you need to wait until you're a little older. But I'm here to tell you that as God spoke to the prophet Jeremiah, I believe that we are in a time when you need to rise up. Hallelujah. And walk in the call that God has for you. And if you're already 30, 40, 50, 60, even 70, and you ain't got there yet, you better skedaddle and get with it because time is running out. 2024 needs to be that year that you make up in your mind. Hallelujah. That it's all or nothing. You need to make up in your mind that this is it. I'm letting everything else go. God, where you go, send me. Come on, somebody. Making yourself available for the will of God in your life. So even though it was
was true that he was just a young boy, God said that's not relevant. That doesn't alter what I have for you. He said, Jeremiah, go. And I don't want you to be afraid of the faces because I am with you. He not only said, I am with you, but he said, I'm with you for the purpose of delivering you. See, it's one thing to say, oh, the Lord is with me. Jesus is with me when the storm clouds gather. He's standing by my side. Amen. He's with me everywhere I go. The Bible says he's with you when you go through the valley, when you go through the fire. He's with you. Hallelujah. But he didn't tell Jeremiah. Amen. He said, don't you let their faces affect you. He said, don't, amen, be affected by their faces. Amen. He said, for I am with you. Not only am I with you, but I will deliver you. Because that's why I'm going with you. So what kind of encouragement was that to Jeremiah before he even got started? God didn't just say I'm with you, but he said hallelujah that no matter what happens as you go, no matter where you go and what you go through, when the storm clouds gather, when the floodwaters rise, when the fire in the furnace gets turned up 10,500 degrees hotter, not only will I be there with you, but you ain't going to stay there because I'm going to deliver you. I need somebody to help me in this place. There's a lot of people that will acknowledge that the Lord is with them, but they don't understand Sam, that he's with you so he can deliver you. He's not with you to watch you stay there, but he's with you so that you can get out. He's not just in the fiery furnace, but he's in the flood. He's in the trial. Amen. He's in the battle. He's everywhere you go. Why? Because he's with you. And the Holy Ghost is your rear reward. Amen. He's your rear guard. He's got your back. Hallelujah. So it don't matter what happens. It doesn't matter who don't like it. Don't pay attention to their face. Because don't let it alter you. Don't let it affect you. Because I will deliver you. But your neighbor say he's still a deliverer. See other kings sent their ambassadors alone. They never went with their ambassadors. But the king of all kings said I'm going to go with you. Hallelujah, because I'm going to make sure that you are kept in the call. And the Bible says God touched his mouth. God made it real personal. He touched Jeremiah's mouth. And he said, I'm going to go with you. See, Jeremiah was an unlikely candidate. But God knew he had the personality and the character. Yeah. Ooh, help me. Why do you think demons like to hide in the soulish realm of mankind? Why do you think demons like to habitate in the, uh, in, in the mind and the will and the emotions, the personality and the character of a person? Because they want to alter that. 
because God sees the personality and the character that he created you with, amen, and he knows that he can use that. Come on, somebody. But if those demons can affect that, if those demons can cycle that, if those demons can, amen, cause that to take on the bipolar personality, come on, somebody, do you hear me? Then he will. Praise God. That's why you've got to make sure that you keep yourself consecrated, sanctified, amen, dedicated and in the place where the Spirit of the Lord, hallelujah, can move and walk with you. Jeremiah, history tells us that he preached 23 years and no one seemed to listen. 23 years he preached and no one seemed to pay attention. No one seemed to listen. Have you ever felt like that you're just getting nowhere? Here's this young man, 17, 18, 19 years old, going, amen, in the office of a prophet by the call of God, preaching, amen. Remember what condition they were in. He was preaching to them. But Jeremiah was a humble person. Jeremiah, amen, the Bible calls him, amen, the weeping prophet. He's known as a weeping prophet. Jeremiah often cried. He often wept, amen. It shows us, amen, his character. It shows us, amen, uh, uh, his personality, amen. So uh, uh, very easily probably he could have been offended. <laughs> oh, help us, Jesus. Let's not talk about offense in this culture that we're living in. Because everybody... People look for a reason to be offended today. People look for a reason to, to, to jump down your throat. They look for a reason to tell you that you hurt their feelings. Huh? But the Bible tells us that not only did he preach 23 years and, and no one seemed to listen, but he faced threats against his life. Now, now God told him, he said, I'll go with you and I'll go with you to deliver you. And, and under King, King Je Jehoiakim, the Bible tells us, I believe it's chapter 25 in Jeremiah, that he took the scrolls of his prophecies that he had written. The prophecies were kept, they, they, they were written on a scroll. They scribed, They inscribed them. They wrote them down. And the Bible tells us that he went before Jehoiakim, which was the son of Josiah. Uh, I already told you that, amen. And, and also Zedekiah. But when he went before Jehoiakim and he took his scrolls of, of prophecies and he tried to read them, the Bible says that Jehoiakim took them and cut them into pieces and threw them in the fire. You know why? We would, we would rant on Facebook for six weeks if somebody had done that to us. Come on, we would keep it going. Talk about scrolling. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Amen. And think of that. Every word that, Je that Jeremiah had spoken in prophecy, every word that God had given him, hallelujah, that wicked king cut it up and threw it in the fire. But how many knows, hallelujah, that when God speaks a word, amen, it is recorded. Amen. You can burn it up on the pages in earth, but it's recorded. Amen in the annals of heaven. Come on, somebody. And the same God that gave it to him the first 
first time can give it back to him the second time. Come on, somebody. Do you understand? Still it mean that God changed his mind. Hallelujah. In other words, God has the final say. God has the final word. Not man, not the church, not a denomination. Praise God. God has the final word. The Bible tells us that Josiah or Jeremiah was chained and flogged. Because he preached and prophesied against their way of living. So he was chained. He was flogged. See, see, Jeremiah's message of judgment and severity, amen, it seemed like madness to his generation. This dude's lost his mind. He's gone mad, so somewhat like Noah, right? Noah, that's crazy, amen? No way, amen? So they, for that, they called him a traitor, amen? History says he was put in prison, amen? The Bible tells us that he was in prison. So, you know, we, we, we think about, we, I don't think we think a lot about, amen, the, the, the resistance that uh, Jeremiah got, even though he was a great prophet, and even though, amen, there was great, some, uh, great scriptures, amen? Jeremiah uh, 29 and 11, Jeremiah 33 and 3, Amen. Praise the Lord. So many um, uh, scriptures that are great. Amen. In that book, praise God. But he went through some stuff. Hallelujah. Praise God. And so uh, this is why uh, in verse 11, God looked at Jeremiah. He said, moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? The King James says, what seest thou? God didn't say it like that. King James interpreted it. Amen. Praise God. In our language, we would simply say, what? do you see? Jeremiah, what is it that you see? God was asking Jeremiah a question. Amen. He was asking him, amen, what do you see? Hallelujah. And Jeremiah was going to receive a message to speak. Hallelujah. He was going to, this is where God was going to begin to give him the message to speak. But he had to see first. See, a lot of folks are speaking without seeing it. See, Jeremiah had to focus. We told you the word, the one word that the yeah. Lord gave us, amen, last week for this new year, for 2024, is the word refocus. Everybody say that again, refocus, amen. He had to focus. His mind was, listen, what was his mind on? Now listen, if you read those first 10 verses, amen, you're going to see, amen, praise God. This is where uh, God spoke to him, amen. This is where it's initiated. And he said, but I'm a young man. God said, you can't. Uh, he said, I, I can't do it because of my youth. God said, don't say that. Don't even say that I am just a young uh, a youth. Don't say it. He said, listen, I'm going to go with you. I'm going to deliver you, go with you to deliver you. And he said, amen. Now, I want you to tell me the Lord touched his mouth. Amen. Cleanse that mess that he spoke out of there. Come on, somebody. Amen. Sanctify that doubt that spoke out of his mouth. Amen. That negative stuff that I'm a youth and I can't do that. God touched his mouth, sitting there. Hallelujah. Amen. But he said, then the Lord, after the Lord put his hand on his mouth, he said, I've set thee over nations and over kingdoms to root out, pull down, destroy, throw down, build, and to plant. He said, now, he said, the word came to Jeremiah in verse 11 saying, what do you see? And Jeremiah, amen, you see, he was about to get 
Amen. A message, but he had to see first. You see, he had to focus because his mind now was still on the fact that he was young and that, uh, uh, what is all of this? Imagine being 17 years old and the Lord showing up and giving you that kind of summons and telling you this kind of stuff. And so Jeremiah Amen. Had to focus. Hallelujah. Because he was thinking about the fact that he was young and inexperienced. Amen. Let's look at Colossians chapter 3. Amen. In verse 2. It says this. It says, set your affection on things above and not on things of the earth. In the complete Jewish Bible, that word affection is focus. It says, set your focus on things above and not on things of the earth. See, focus begins in the mind before a man it does anywhere else. Focusing doesn't begin here. It begins here. Hallelujah. So when you focus here, then what you see with your eyes is not going to alter what you have already seen in your mind. Oh, come on, somebody. Do you understand me? Because some of you have already thought there's no way I can fulfill. I know what I feel like I'm called to do, but I don't see the opportunity. I don't see it happening. That's because you're not focusing on things above. You have not set your focus on things above, but you're watching and focusing on what you can see on this level. See, there's a level that you can't see with the natural eye. Oh, somebody help me. I'm not going to try to get ahead of myself. There is a level that you cannot see with the natural eye, but you can see it in your mind. And if you see it in your mind, you're going to see it with your eyes. Hallelujah. So God asked Jeremiah, he said, what is it that you see? Focus your mind, is what the complete Jewish Bible says, on things above and not on the things of the earth. Amen. See, one aspect of the word focus, amen, means to have clear visual definition. It means to have a clear visual definition. How many's ever looked but not seen clearly? Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. It's the difference between, amen, analog and HD. Hallelujah. Now TVs are high definition. Amen. Can I tell you that I believe in 2024, God is wanting us to see in high definition. Hallelujah. God's not wanting us to see, amen, on the level, amen, where everything is all blurry, but he's wanting us to see in high definition. And if you're going to see in high definition, you've got to understand that you're seated in a high place. You are, oh, somebody got to help me. See, we had to replace, amen, another computer in the sound booth. Hallelujah. Amen. And the old computer, we ran this projector. This is a new projector. The old projector went out, amen, a, a, a couple years ago, and, and we had to get this new projector. Well, this new projector, amen, is only high definition. So we had to run that high definition cable back to that old computer, but we had to get an adapter because the old computer only worked by DVI. You know those big things with the two screws that you had to sit and unscrew and unscrew before you could pull it out of the computer? Hey man, we had to run 
amen, the AC MI cord into that adapter and then put that DVI into the old computer. Now you still was able to see, but Friday when the, amen, Zach was here putting it all together, amen, see this new computer, amen, is already high definition, amen, it is equipped, amen, for HD. As I was walking from the bathroom, amen, and he had that, amen, the, the page up on the screen, I said, man, that's a lot clearer. You know why? Because it doesn't have to be filtered through that DVI. We still saw what we needed to see, but now we're going to be able to see it a little bit clearer. I need somebody to help me understand. The image is not going to be, oh, hallelujah. And that's what I believe God is speaking to us in 2024. He is wanting us in this year. It is a man. It is important. I almost feel like it's a mandate that we have got to begin to see in the spirit in high definition. No more seeing through somebody else's thoughts. No more seeing through somebody else's interpretation. Hallelujah. Didn't mean that last year we didn't see everything we needed to see on the screen. But this year it's going to be a lot clearer. This year it's going to be more defined. This year there's not going to be any guessing. What is it? What is it? What is it? I need somebody to help me in this place. I'm talking about focusing. I'm talking about getting it here so that you can see it from here. Even with everything down here looks like it's the opposite. What's happening on high, you got to see it in high definition. What was transmitting what needed to be seen is already high definition. I just had to get connected to something that was on the same level. <laughs> See, some of you still walking around down here in 2020. Come on. You're still walking around down here in 2020. I wish they'd give up on the fear. Because it, it's done. It's over in the name of Jesus. The church of God. Our spirit, the Holy Spirit, cannot produce fear but power, love, and a sound mind. Hallelujah. Every time they try to rise up, hallelujah, the word of God just squashes it down. Come on, somebody. Do you understand? So one aspect of the word focus means to have a clear visual definition. But focus is also the act of concentrating your interest or activity on something specific. So I already said it last week that we've got to set our affections. Focus your mind on things above and not on things on the earth. Quit looking at what's happening around you. Quit gauging the sufficiency of God 
based on the circumstances that are being afforded you in the moment. Could evaluating the faithfulness of God based on what you are experiencing instead of what you see. When I say see, I'm talking about it starts in here. So, so, so you've got to you've got to concentrate your interest or, or the activity on something specific. So God asked Jeremiah, "What you looking at, dude?" I'm sure he didn't say dude, but it just came out. <laughs> what you looking at, buddy? <laughs> I doubt he said buddy too. I'm just trying to backtrack. Somebody help me. <laughs> But he said, Jeremiah, what are you looking at? What are you looking at? And we know by Jeremiah's response that it was a branch. And Jeremiah could have said, it's a tree branch. Could have said, I'm looking at a stick. Which is probably, maybe, I'm going to be, I'm going to be, Flexible and say maybe 70% of us would have said sick, and there's another 30% that wouldn't have said that. But he didn't say, I just see a branch. He said, I specifically see the branch of an almond tree. So so God asked him, see, that's the difference in seeing it here before you see it here. So, so he specifically saw the branch of an almond tree. Now where he was from, which is in Ophoff, is where Jeremiah, the Bible tells us there in, in chapter 1, that he, he resided in Ophoff. And Ophoff was a center for almond trees. So this was something that Jeremiah had seen before. But keep in mind, he could have said, I just see a branch. But he said, I see the branch of an almond tree. Tree. I was thinking this morning, you know, he didn't show Jeremiah a wheel in the middle of the wheel. He didn't show Jeremiah these fiery seraphims that were well, that were flapping their wings over the throne of God like he did Ezekiel and John. Amen. Come on, he didn't show Jeremiah all of these like woo, cool things like these things that make you step back and go, woo, amen, you know, that wheel in the middle of the wheel, everywhere the big wheel went, the little wheel followed, oh, come on, amen, praise God. He didn't show Jeremiah these things, amen, praise God, it's a, but, but there's an interesting play on words in these two scriptures here where God is speaking to Jeremiah. This is in the Hebrew. The Hebrew word for almond is shalkade. So he said, I see the branch of an almond tree. That's the Hebrew word shalkade. And then in verse 12, the Lord said, Thou hast well seen. Ding, 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 ding. You're right. It is the branch of an almond tree. He said, For I will hasten my word to perform it. The word hasten here, we know, is the Hebrew word shakab. So almond is shakade, and hasten is shakad. So they come from the same root word. They're literally almost spelled the same. 
Amen. Hasten means to watch. Hasten means, amen, to, uh, to watch over. So what we know now is that God was telling Jeremiah, he's asking the question, what do you see? Jeremiah said, I see the branch of an almond tree. And the Lord said, you have seen well. And he said, I will watch my word, or I will watch over my word to make sure it comes to pass. So it's interesting that the almond tree is the first to bud in the spring. It's the first tree that buds in the spring. Even if it is still cold in the atmosphere, the almond tree can still bud. And when the almond tree buds, no matter how cold it might be at that moment, it is a sure sign that spring is just around the corner. So it doesn't matter how it feels. It doesn't matter if winter seems to be still lingering on. If that time is there and the almond tree begins to bud, amen, they can look at the almond tree and see the buds and know that spring is coming quickly. That it doesn't matter how much it might be raining or snowing or cold or dark and dreary because the almond tree is budding, they can rest assured that very soon all of that cold and rain is going to pass out and go out of the way and spring is going to come. So this is why when you look at this, hallelujah, you understand that God showed him this almond branch because and that's why God responded when he said you have seen well. It doesn't say that he saw a budding almond branch. It just says that it was the branch of an almond tree. Amen. So God was saying to Jeremiah, remember he had told him, amen, you're called to be a prophet. Jeremiah's like, I don't have the experience. I don't see myself doing this. Amen. But God said, as sure as you see that empty almond branch, you know that the bud is going to come on that branch. And when that branch begins to bud, it's not going to be very long to where I'm going to show you that what I have spoken to you, what I have spoken over you, what I have prophesied in you will come to pass. Because I've been watching it since you came in my mind. I need somebody to help me. Long before Jeremiah got this word from God, God was already watching over it and waiting for the season to pass. And so somebody needs to hear this today. Hallelujah, because we preached a man on last Sunday about the year 5784 in the Hebrew and in the scrolls concordance. It's the word chaff. What is the chaff? It's the hard exterior that protects the grain that goes away when it's harvest time. It's a separation. It protects the seed. What did the Lord say? Amen. That the season that you're in is about to change. I did not have this 
message in mind when I was preaching last Sunday. But when the Lord began to speak to me and I began to look at this and the Holy Spirit began to remind me, I come to tell somebody, listen, 2023 was not a pleasant year. It's not one to write home about. I can write some stories. Hallelujah. Now, now that doesn't mean that there wasn't good things. God was good. He was faithful. There was good things. But there was a man. There seemed to be a man. You get rid of one. Get through one. And as soon as you make a turn, bam, there's something else. And you think, ooh, I got a little bit of relief. And then you turn the corner. Bam, there's something else. There seemed to be no reprieve. There was a stretch where there just was not any break. Am I the only one? Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. So I'm thankful. Amen. That I'm still here. But I want somebody to know that amen. That this year, 2024, hallelujah, God has been watching over the word for your life. He's been watching over it. And if you see what he sees, he's going to shift it in a way. It's going, oh, somebody help me. Can I put it in hillbilly terms? Amen. Winter's about to go and spring's about to come. Hallelujah. It's going to change so quickly. Come on, somebody. I feel that in the Holy Ghost. I feel like doing a dance. Hallelujah. Because I'm ready for a ship change. I'm ready for a season. Hallelujah. Reversal. So it doesn't matter what you're feeling. It doesn't matter what it looks like if you can see the buzz. The season is going to come upon quickly. And there's going to be a change. And God is watching over what he has spoken. So before you ever got, before Jeremiah ever got that word, God done told him, you are in my plans. Come on. And I've been watching over the word for you in my plans. Come on, somebody. So before you ever received your prophetic word, your promise, before it was ever spoken, God was already watching over it. Waiting to perform it quickly. The almond tree in Israel is often called the watchman of the spring. The watchman of the spring. So when you see the buds begin. See, here in Ohio, we had goofy weather. <laughs> Right? When it, when it was supposed to be cold and the weeds were like, ah, we gotta, we gotta stay down until, until the temperature changes and all of a sudden, here it's 50, 60, 65, 70 degrees and the weeds are going, ah. <laughs> I don't know about you, but they showed up in some of my. Some of the ground, I'm like, oh, in the name of Jesus. Yeah. I thought I ain't pulling that thing. I ain't even doing it. 
I ain't going to pay. I ain't going to get it. Pay attention. Come on, somebody. We need to be that way in the spirit. I size weeds. I don't care if nobody says there's no way of ever getting rid of them. Oh, last three months. Lie, lie, lie. One will show up somewhere. I don't care if it's that big. It's a weed to me. And it ain't supposed to be there. Yeah? And so, and now we know that we can't look at those weeds two weeks ago and say, oh, spring's almost here. Fooled you. Because it was barely 25 degrees two days ago. Cold. Yeah? But when you see the bud, it's not something that is altered by the condition around it. But there's a time for it to bud. And when you see it bud, you know that spring is coming quickly. It's the watchman that tells you spring is coming. But can I tell you that the almond tree is the first to blossom, but it's the last to bear fruit. I waited to throw that in on you. <laughs> but here's the thing. If you see the bud, there will be fruit. If you see the blossom, there will be almonds. Come on, somebody. Are you understanding me? So this indicated to, to Jeremiah that God is ready to quickly fulfill his word just as the almond tree seems ready to bud. He's quickly ready. Touch your neighbor and say, God's ready. God's watching over his word. Look, I'm, I'm not... I'm not just saying that. I preached on this chapter before. I'm not just saying that I feel that. I feel that unction in me for this today. He's watching over it. Not, 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 not. I want you, I want you to understand something. There, there are intercessors and there are prophetic worshipers. There are prophets as well as those with a desire to rise above the world's system. There's, 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 there's people that, that don't desire the benefits of this world. They don't desire the benefits of following this world. We talked about that a lot in our study in the days of Noah. But I want you to understand that there's heavenly access but we can't be distracted. There's, there's access into the heavenlies, but we can't be distracted with double vision. Well, I'm, not sure, I'm not sure what I see. I'm not sure if I'm seeing that clearly. So you've got to get connected to what is already high definition. You've got to quit processing it through even though, even though the DBI is digital, it's not high definition. So you've got, you got to quit processing it through the old thoughts and the old ways. You've got to quit processing what's coming in 2024 through what happened in 2023. You've got to quit processing it. 
you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta get connected to that which is already high definition. You see, we have to know what we see. You gotta know that what you see is clear, and that you clearly can tell what it is you're looking at. The Bible teaches. Bible gives us reference, and to Jewish wisdom teaches that God has a book that's chronicled the works and the ways he has moved in generations past. God knows, and he keeps record. Bible tells us that there's a book that God keeps of all the evil deeds. Come on. There's a book that, that will record your name if you repent. The book of life. But there's a book of remembrance. There's, 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 God has a book that he chronicles the works and the ways that he's moved in generations past. And I believe that there are prophetic words that are written for the future. When the gifts are in operation and a, and, a, and a prophetic word is given out, whether it is given to personally or corporately, that's already recorded in God's God's. That was already in his mind before he revealed it. Here. I believe that there are scrolls, books of those prophetic words that are written for the future. The Bible tells us that John saw books being opened in the book of Revelation. He saw scrolls being opened, books. But here's what I feel and believe right now where we are at. Like this, what the Lord has spoken to me for. Now that God has a table, just humor me. It just makes sense that there's a table somewhere there in my mind. So God has a table. And I see on that table a book. And that book is open. Much like this right here. And in that book are the plans for this generation. Are the plans for now you say, well, now the Bible tells us, come on. The Bible doesn't give us every detail. And the Bible doesn't specify you. But I believe in this book somewhere, just as he had you and me in his mind and his plans before we were ever existed in our mother's womb. So we existed before we ever existed. That's some pretty powerful stuff. 
that you existed in my mind and in my plans before you were ever existed in your mother's womb. That's why you can't say, you can't curse the day that you were born. Because God had plans for your life. That's why the enemy wants to destroy and kill and steal. But even more specifically, that open book on that table has the plans for this season and even this hour that we are living in. Now, I'm not talking about the prophetic things that have been spoken in the Word. I'm talking about the plans to move His people and His kingdom into alignment with all that He's doing. And I believe that access is being given to us to read this book. Access is being given to us to look into the pages of this book and to understand his plan and to understand his purpose for the now. I done lost some of you. Because you're like, eh, I don't know that I want to believe that. I don't know that I want to accept that. Well, there's a price that comes with it. Because everybody in this place has access into heaven. Come on. You are seated in heavenly places. We have access into the courts of heaven. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on. Are you with me? Praise God. See, see there, there, there's, there, there's, there's levels. There's dimensions. Amen. We're so used to hanging out down here. Amen. That uh, we're, we're, we have a hard time grasping that. That's because you're not seeing it here. You're not focusing on that here so that you can see it here. Are you with me? Hallelujah. So in that open book there are there are plans. So access is being given so that we can have some clarity. Amen. He wants to give wisdom and knowledge amen to shape our minds and our mindsets as we read these plans. There are strategies and execution of the things that we will see. God wants to give us strategies to gain. See, some of you have already said, when I've talked about your calling, you're like, I just don't see how it's going to happen. See, here's the thing. Lord, help me not to get off on this rapture. But there's such a, an elite spirit that has been in the body of Christ where, 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 where it, it, it seems only certain people can have access. But you know what? That, that elitism, if I can say it like that, is being brought down. God's exposing that elite spirit. God is exposing those who have falsely, falsely worn, come on. come on, falsely worn the identity of prophet and apostle, 
Come on and reform her. Hallelujah. Listen, it don't have to be. Amen. Someone of that caliber to be able to gain access. God wants to give you strategies, not only spiritually, but in your business and in, in, in your finances. God, we're coming upon some pretty perilous times. Amen. Well, we're going to have to know in whom we, <coughs> excuse me, in whom that we serve. Amen. And God wants to give you strategies. God wants to give you execution of what you see. Amen. That means that this year, here's what I believe. I believe that 2024, we have got to walk in more discernment than we ever have before. Now, Essentially, discernment is knowing when something or someone is wrong or right. When something is, is good or something is evil. Knowing when something or someone does not come in alignment with God or His Scripture. But discernment is also learning to think God's thoughts after He thinks it. It's also learning to think after God thinks those things. Are you with me? To be able that as you are moving and you are pursuing that you can discern, okay, God, this is what you are speaking about. But you cannot be distracted. You cannot see double. You cannot not know what you're looking at if you're going to be able to walk in that discernment. See, discernment is having a sense of how things look in God's eyes. What does this look like to God? Come on, somebody. I think, I think, if, we, I think if we put those spiritual blinders on and think of things that way, what's this look like through God's eyes? We might all change some things. But having that sense of how things look in God's eyes, seeing these things in, in it's like seeing these things in some kind of perspective where, where, where God just uncovers or things are laid bare and you just literally see what God is doing or saying. That we, we, it is accessible. He's not trying to keep secrets from you. See, sometimes, sometimes discernment is, is distinguishing between the good and the better. Just because something's good doesn't mean it's meant to be for you. So sometimes discernment is, is, is being able to know the difference between good and the better. Sometimes it's, it's to know the difference between the better and the best. Sometimes we settle for better when God wants us to have best. Are you with me? It's quiet in here and I, and, and I love it when it's quiet because we can cultivate so, so sometimes it's, it's knowing, and, and, and as you're, we're walking in these times that we're living with all of these distractions that are happening around us and all of these things that can pull us away from that, we've got to have focus. We've got to have clear vision that our, 
insist God seeking this without having to take the time because we can miss a man, a moment. We can miss an opportunity if we don't know what we see. It's one thing to see a branch, but it's another thing to see an almond tree branch. Amen. Because the branch just tells you, amen, that it's an old tree. But when you know that it's an almond branch, you know that God's getting ready to do something quickly. You can discern, amen, that even though this is good, or even though this is the better, God says, wait, because I've got the best. There's something that is the best. Come on, somebody. Do you understand me? Oh, but this is going to take care of what I'm in the season that I'm in now. It's not that it ain't good. It's not that it's sinful. It's not that the better isn't, amen, worthy to be recognized. It's not that the better won't give some kind of relief in the winter season you're in. But God said, I'm watching over my word that has already been spoken over you. And if you will just allow yourself to be in the place that you can access, hallelujah, I will show you. Come on, somebody. I know I got about half of you, amen, that are still not with me. But the other half that are with me, I want you to help me. Hallelujah, because I believe, amen, that God's going to give you strategic dreams. God's going to speak to you in a quick moment. And you've got to be able to serve. You ain't got time to text Pastor Jeff. You ain't got time to Facebook message your prayer partner and say, do you think this is God? But you can have that distinguishable ability through the power, amen, of the supernatural to know and discern that this might take care of what's going on. But what God's got will completely reverse it struggling with your job. You're struggling with your job. And for what I feel, you feel like God's wanting you to walk away from that. God help me, Jesus. I don't ever talk like this, you know I don't, but I feel this in the Holy Ghost. You feel like God's wanting you to walk away from it, but it's a good job. And it's financially stable. And the thoughts of leaving that stability scares the life out of you. But don't just settle for good because God's got the best. And if God is speaking to you and you feel that this mm, things that have no weight on your eternity meaning they bear no difference about whether or not you're going to make it to heaven. Are you with me? And 
God's telling you to let it go. He's going to provide for you. And you think there's no way. The schedule, the income, and, 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 and I feel like you're even, you're even a, a, little bit, a little bit concerned about maybe even your ability to take on another job. But I'm hearing the Lord tell somebody, look and see that there's something best if you'll just trust Him. He's going to provide and make a way. We've got to let go of things that hold no value with our eternity. The only way you're going to get access to the book is in the secret place. That's the price. And I feel like, I feel like the Lord has over and over in my spirit for this, this, this fresh year, this time of refocusing, is that, that he really, he wants me to, to tell you. And again, I thought things, some, a few things were just for me, but, I, but, I, but I'm feeling him wanting me to share, amen. He wants us to refocus on the secret place in 2024. Don't let things interfere with your time in the secret place. Your prayer closet, your prayer life, your fellowship with God. Make it happen. We make time for whatever we want. Let's be real. Make the secret place happen. Because it's in the secret place that you're going to get access into heaven. And you're going to see. God's going to give you wisdom and revelation. And you're going to see. Come on somebody. I feel that in my spirit. You can't get caught up. In all this stuff. I'm about to quit. Let's look at 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 4. Hmm? It was on there. I put my money on. But I'm not a gay boy. That's right. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. Now I want to read to you out of the complete Jewish Bible. No soldier on duty gets involved with civilian affairs since he has to please his commanding officer. So no, no soldier on duty. See, if we neglect the secret place we, we, we get off duty. And we, oh, come on somebody, do you hear me? But when we understand that it is a man, that it, our, our commanding officer is, is requiring us to spend some time in the secret place. He's requiring us. Uh, he wants to show us in 2024. He wants to hasten. He's watching over what he has already written. Amen. And spoken every prophetic word that's hanging over your life is written in the plans for this generation. Uh, and he's watching over it. Uh, 
He's looking over it. And so every time, amen, that the enemy has come and tried, amen, to persuade you, tried to dissuade you, tried to pull you and distract you. Hallelujah. God's watching over that word. But here's the thing. He's wanting us to know that in 2024, hallelujah, that he wants us to come in, amen, a little bit closer and a little bit deeper because there's wisdom and revelation. He doesn't want us walking around distracted. He wants us to get our focus on things that matter. And that is our walk and our fellowship with him. Oh, somebody help me in this place. Hallelujah. Because he will reveal. I believe that. He will let you read the book. Let me tell you something. We can hate and we can recognize evil and we can recognize false teaching and we can recognize wrong and we can hate it, but we can still become distracted from the needed access. We can still be distracted. You say, what do you mean? I'm guessing you don't have Revelation 2 either. Oh, do you? Two out of three ain't bad. <laughs> Until the angel of the church of Ephesus write, these things say he that holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience and how thou cannot bear them which are evil. How thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and they are not and hast found them liars. Ooh, can we talk about 2024? If you follow any kind of church stuff in the church culture that's happening right now. Exposure's taking place in a lot of arenas. And has borne and has patience, and for my name's sake has labored and has not fainted. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. That's right. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, repent, do the first works, or else I will come upon thee quickly, and I will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. But this thou hast, that thou hatest the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith to the churches. To him that overcome, I will give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Skip back about two verses, maybe five, I think. No, four. I have somewhat against you. Thou hast, it doesn't say lost your first love. It says you left it. So the enemy will make you think that it's hopeless. But all he's saying is, here, here are you understanding? Their work, if you go in their church service, you think, boy, that church has got it. That church is on target, right? You go in that church that, that Jesus described there, amen, praise God. They hate what I hate. They hate sin. They hate false teachers. They hate those that are lying and prostituting, amen, my people in the kingdom. He said, but you have left your first love. Where does the first love begin? In the secret place, amen. We can, we can be so busy. We 
can hate wrong, hate evil, and still get distracted by things, amen, that's proof right there. So they ain't lost it, they just left it. So he said, all you gotta do, amen, is refocus. All you gotta do is get your focus back. Focus on what matters and whatever it is that is hindering you from the secret place, whatever it is that's hindering you from this gained access into heaven, shake it off, throw it in the fire, move it, break it off, separate it, do whatever it takes, and refocus on what matters, and that is your fellowship and your relationship with God. And when you get in there, he's going to begin to show you, and you're going to walk in a discernment. Amen. Not only knowing the apostle isn't an apostle, and they're evil, but knowing how God can strategize, and how God is set out, and what the plan is for you, and your life, and to see God quickly change your season from winter to spring. Why? Because he's been watching over it, waiting to perform it. He's been watching over it, waiting to bring it to pass. What do you see? Accuracy is vital in this hour that we're living, and it comes with refocus. Say, come to the music. Nehemiah had to refocus in order to finish building. Habakkuk, minor prophet, had to refocus in the times of confusion in his generation. He had to understand how God was moving. Are you hearing me? He had to understand how God was moving. He had to understand why God chose who he did to fulfill his purpose. So here's what he said. He said, I will stand my watch. I will stand my watch and on the rampart. And I will wait to see what God says. I won't be distracted by what I don't understand. And this is what God said to Habakkuk. He said, write the vision down. Make it plain. You don't have to, it doesn't have to be, yea, I say it unto you. Make it plain. This is what God said. And then when you get into that secret place and you get access into that open book, then God is going to give you wisdom and He's going to give you knowledge. So as we're moving into this 21 days of consecration as you stand across this place, Focus. I want you to see clearly. He doesn't want you walking around in a state of confusion. But if you'll take 
the opportunity in this 21 day fast and you'll begin if need be to renew the secret place see focus starts in the mind not the eyes so you got to transform the mind right we know that you got to transform the mind you got to renew it through what the word the word of God he doesn't want you to see double vision he doesn't want you to be double minded he wants you to have the focus so as we get ready to they get ready to worship we get ready to get all the call I just want to tell you up here in this folder you don't have to do it now but before you leave you can I've, I've, I've put together 30 scriptures on focusing and I did that so that no one in this place has any excuse to say I don't have what it takes to get my focus honed in these aren't the only ones, but there's 30 of them here. And if there's not enough copies, then we'll get more. But in 2024, we've got to be, we've got to have greater discernment than we've ever had before. And not only in knowing the evil from the good, but thinking after God thinks it. Learning to think after God has already thought it. I hope that makes sense to you. Seeing it through God's eyes. Because at the end of the day, when you lay your head on your pillow, what God thinks is all that matters. It doesn't matter what your friends on Facebook think. It doesn't matter, amen, what, what social media says. It doesn't matter what your bestie says. It doesn't matter what your... What, what's your BFF, your, uh, you know, your, your friend, your, what is it? Uh, uh, do they still say that? Baby, anything, whatever, whatever. It doesn't matter what, doesn't matter what your, what, what, what's your significant other. Doesn't matter what your spouse, doesn't matter what anybody else thinks at the end of the day. It's what God thinks. When you lay your head down at night, when you wake up in the morning, that's whose mind you're on before you're on anyone else's. And the plans that he has for you are already in his mind and he wants you to see it the way he sees it. So I'm going to ask if there's anybody in this place as they get ready to sing. That's not saved today. You're lost. You're backslid. Your relationship with God has grown cold. You're lukewarm. I know this message may have been different. But who knows what 2024 is going to bring today and that's you. You say, I want to I make my relationship with the Lord right. I want you to come. Come to this altar now. Come quickly. Intercessors, I need you to pray. Maybe you're in here and you say, that's me. I need to get my, I need to get, get refocused. I need to get my focus right. I've been focusing on the wrong things. Get in the secret place. I desire. I want you to come. I'm going to pray with you. Come on, come quickly. Come quickly. Go ahead and worship.